Welcome to Syndicated Thursday on HPR. Today we present 10 Book Review. This is Kilroy 2.0, and when I'm not amassing my flock or helping author J.C. Hutchins with Seven Sun Descent at jchutchins.net, I like to listen to tenbuckreview.net to discover what's the best finds you can get for under ten bucks <laughs> welcome to ten buck review where we sit down and re-review the best or the worst of movies you can find for under ten bucks and I'm believe the host. Me, we've seen some of the worst I'm your host, Lord Drakenblut. With me, we have, of course... The White Wolf. And, returning... Nightchild. And now, a new victim of the show. Dun-dun-dun! Shadowstep. Yes. Oh, yes. All right, it, folks. It works. And we have a classic oh, today. A movie I haven't seen in about 15 to 20 years. And the movie is now over... Well, it's over 25 years. It was released in 1983. And we're talking about the all-time classic that introduced to a generation the concept, Do you want to play a game? The movie War Games. Yes. And since he's the new victim, I think we'll start off by letting him describe the The cover cover art of the movie here. I want to hold the mic a little bit closer. Yes, yes, I know. Yes, light must have Aziz light. We will get to that one. Ooh, cool! I actually have it on DVD. So do I. <laughs> Anywho, primitive. Come on, come on, Shadow Steps. Dude, we gotta know what the cover looks like. Let the public know. Yes, darling, please let the public know. Background, a lot of uh, computer-generated... 
Should I take over? Yes. Okay, Since let's see now. Um, have a classic look of black background overlaid with obvious computer-aided graphics of ships and uh, missiles and so on. Basic 1980s U.S. military world grid with possible nuclear missile destinations and paths and so on um, with the little uh, 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 biohazard signs here, there, and everywhere. Dead center, we have our two main characters set looking out like up at the sky. And then just below that, we have the United States of America, United United Department of Defense of America seal with the two of them running along and at the very very bottom it says is it a game or is it real now the one thing you're leaving out on the top bar of oh this. yes the very top bar very blue bar with the uh, letters in silver 25th anniversary edition yes and now we'll go back to uh, Shadow Step here to see if he is capable of reading the description on the back. <laughs> All right, don't pick on him too much. This is his first try at this. Before we let him get to reading that, we'll allow Nightchild here to describe the back cover. Put away my Pokemon game, damn you. Yes, put away the crack. <laughs> you have no idea. My kids got me hooked on Pokemon, and now I'm playing it incessantly. Okay, um, Matthew Broderick, everybody knows that name. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and Ali Sheedy, The Breakfast Club. Really sad that that's what she's being known for. Star in this compelling drama filled with action, suspense, and high-tech adventures. Featuring superb performances by Dabney Coleman and Barry Corbin. War Games is brilliant, funny, and provocative New York. A fast-paced cyber thriller. Computer hacker David Lightman Broderick can bypass the most advanced security systems. Yeah, I wouldn't hold a candle to today's hackers. <laughs> Hell no. Uh, break the most intricate secret codes and master even the most difficult computer games. But when he unwittingly taps into the Defense Department's war computer, he initiates a confrontation of global proportions, World War III. Together with his girlfriend, Sheedy, and a wizardly computer genius, Tony Award winner John Wood, David must race against time to outwit his opponent and prevent a nuclear Armageddon. Okay. Nuclear Armageddon? Again? Yeah, how many times? Third time this week. <laughs> how many times have we heard that? And two of them were because I went to White Castles. Oh, God, no, not White Castle, please, no! Jesus. And to think, I live with this guy all the time. See? <laughs> no, no, no. We're not talking about Lord Blue. We're talking about me, the White Wolf. Ha-ha. Yes. Sadly, if you've listened to TBR, you know we got married last April. So. Ha-ha. Special features. Loading War Games documentary. Attack of the Hackers featurette. Inside NORAD. Cold War Fortress featurette. Tic-Tac-Toe. A true story featurette. Interactive superpower weapons, briefing gallery, sneak peek at War Games, The Dead Code, original theatrical trailer. Oh, wow. They made, yeah, that, they made another one. That, that makes oh, just things 
just brings things so far into perspective it's ridiculous. I mean, today's computer hackers, they're used to using, you know, high-tech uh, uh, weaponry of so on and so forth, and got to realize, back in the day, it was a Commodore 64 or something of that accord, and a phone on top of a piece of machinery. It was called a coupler modem. Thank you. And the you thing realize, is, I never knew what that was. And the so. thing is, a lot of the tricks he uses in this to get where he's going still apply today. Oh yeah, that's the funny part. I mean, it is literally the root of all hacking. Okay, root of all evil. Same difference. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, got a list of big names everybody knows, which is kind of unusual for this show. Usually we've got a bunch of no-names that haven't done anything else. Only on the episodes you've been on so far. Ah. Well, what, okay, what do you expect? A lot of these guys... Well, we'll get into the car- people here in a few, so let's oh, skip point. on good to point. this section down here about what features it has. Uh, language, audio, English, Spanish, French, captioned, and widescreen. Yeah, be di- uh, digital, subtitled in English, subtitled in Spanish, 1983, color, 113 minutes, dual layer. Okay. And now, back to Shadow Step here to describe the DVD art itself. Yes. Now that you have an idea of what we're pe- people are looking for, it's all good. Alrighty then. Uh, uh. Background. Traditional black inlaid with the green aspects of computer generated old school targeting systems. Targeting systems. You know, missile trajectories, ships, biohazards. And. The Yay, Biohazard. The MGM logo. The MGM logo. The MGM logo. Yeah. And the federal anti-piracy logo right below it. Oh, joy. Go blow it out your nose. No, it was hell. I was saying, I was going to get ready to say, go blow it out your ass. Remember, we're not being politically correct. And at the top, in a purplish blue background in silver letters, 25th Anniversary Edition. Yay! And the two main characters running. (laughs) Yes, why? Because they're running for their fucking lives! Alright. Now... We've actually got a pretty thick stack of notes here because yeah, I was a little like inch. Now, this is at 44 pages from the original 68 oh, with damn. the trimming I did. Wow. Now, this movie was directed by John Batham, and the two writers were Lawrence Lasker and Walter F. Parks. Walter F. Parks. Why does that name sound familiar? I'm not sure, but we'll find out. Ah, okay. Now, the cast list, we've got Matthew Broderick as David, Dabney Coleman as McKittrick, John Wood as Falcon, Ali Sheedy as Jennifer, Barry Corbin as Jennifer Berenger, Junin Clay as Pat Healy, Kent Williams as Cabot, Dennis Lipscomb as Watson, Joe Dorsey as Conley. Wait a minute, Watson? Yes, Watson. So where's the hell Sherlock? 
I think he ended up in a nuke. Oh, okay. Joe Dorsey as Connolly, Irving Metzman as Richter, Michael Inson as Berenger's aide, William Bogert, Mr. Lightman, Susan Davis, Miss Lightman, James Tolkien as Nigan, and David Clover as Stockman. Stockman. For crying out loud, what in the hell is with that name and the U.S. government? I've, out of all the U.S. government movies I've seen, some character has the name of Stockman. What the hell? All right, we'll let uh, Wolf here read off the list of movies that John Badham has directed. Ooh. Okay, let's see now. 1997, uh, Incognito. 1995, Nick of Time. I've seen that movie. Not too bad. 1994, Drop Zone. Uh, 1993, Another Stakeout. 1993, Point of of No Return. Ooh, that's one I haven't seen for a while. 1991, The Hard Way. 1990, Bird on a Wire. Uh, 1987, Stakeout. 1986, Short Circuit. Awesome movie. 1985, American Flyers. Another good movie. 1983, War Games. 83, Blue Thunder. Oh my god, a train wreck if I ever saw one. 81, uh, Whose Life Is It Anyway? Eh. 1979, Dracula. Which version? The 1979 Dracula. You gotta Okay, is it the one with... uh, uh, Never mind. Uh, 1977, Saturday Night Fever. Holy shit, the same year I was born. Uh, 1976, The Bingo Long Traveling All-Stars and Motor Kings. Wow, that's a hell of a title. 1971 to 1973, Night Gallery. Holy cow, I like that. He actually did 1973, The Doll of Death, and 72, uh, You Can Come Up Now, Mrs. Millican slash Smith, please. Oh, okay. It's one of the episodes. 72, The Girl with the Hungry Eyes. 72, uh, Green Fingers slash The Funeral slash The Tune in Dan's Cafe. And 1971, Cool Air slash Camera Obscura slash Quoth the Raven. All episodes of Night Gallery. Trust me when I say this, people. If you've never seen it, Night Gallery is one of the best freaking uh, sci-fi genre television shows oh, out there. Yeah. Now, let's be all honest. Night Gallery was nothing more than Outer, outer Limits Take Two in color. Hey, I like To a it. point. I used to watch it late at night. Oh, you know what? Night Gallery was good. Actually, th- it just didn't have the same impact. Well, okay. Then again, too, there was also another show that I believe was called Night Gallery that was nothing more than basically vampire soap opera. No, that was a different one. That was Dark Shadows. That's it, that's it. Okay, I'm sorry, my bad, my bad. Now we're going to pass over to uh, Shadow Step here to read off the writing credits for Lawrence Lasker and Walter F. Parks. Okay. Lawrence Lasker. War Games, The Dead Code. 2008. V characters. Sneakers. Sneakers. Two. Eddie Dodd. Eddie Dodd. Yeah. Weird name if I ever heard one. Project X. Project X. Eighty-seven. Nineteen eighty-seven. War games. Nineteen eighty-three. Walter F. Parks. War games. The Dead Codes. 
Sneakers, 1992. Sneakers, Eddie Dodd, 1991. War Games, 1993. Yep, and as you, you know, notice, the only difference between these two is Project X by Lawrence Lasker. Yes. The only thing he didn't work on. But here's the thing. The, uh, uh, the War Games Dead Code. 2008. I've never heard of it. Is it an actual movie or? Yes, it's War Games 2, and yeah, I take it at bit. You know, going with the times and oh my God, terrorists. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, all right, now we're gonna cut over to starting to talk about the different actors and the movies that they've done. Now, the lists we have here are quite epic. So, you know, we're going to let each person, as they go through their section, kind of cherry-pick and go over the ones they thought were the most interesting. And we'll start with Nightchild and, and allow her to do Matthew Broderick. Yep. That means put away your crack, babe, babe, babe. Put down the pipe. Or should I say the DS? <laughs> Sorry, folks. We have technical difficulties as we try to cut the rubber band off her hand. <laughs> rubber band? Hell, I think that, I think that thing's super glued. <laughs> Hold on. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you guys. It sucks being the only woman with three men in here making fun of me and my Pokemon. God damn you. Hey. It's all good. I love Folks, you anyway. She loves the fact that she's the only female with three guys around. I work at a prison. <laughs> you think sur- being surrounded by guys is a good thing? <laughs> Okay, it's three guys doing, like us. I think you yes. need to uh, name that one and send it off to college. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and now you don't have to read them all; just cherry pick the ones that you think are most oh, interesting. Aha! Oh, great! And I'm looking out the window, and it seems God has dandruff. <laughs> it's snowing. In other words, for those of you that don't catch my husband's sense of humor. Okay. Um. The Tale of Despero, 2008. He was a voice. And I have to say that because Not my bad. daughter loves that movie. Uh, 30 Rock. He played in one episode. Uh, Cooter Bur- Burger. Nice. Uh, Finding Amanda. He was a voice in the B movie. That was actually not a bad movie. Um, the B movie. The B movie. I haven't seen that one. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, Deck the Halls, 2006, The Producers, 2005, Strangers with Candy, 2005. He was very busy that year. Uh, The Stepford Wives, that was... That one was halfway decent. Walter Crosby. The Lion King, one and a half, he played Simba. Screw you, Disney. Stop making remakes, you assholes. Please and thank you, you morons! Wow. Uh, let's see. Inspector Gadget. Inspector Gadget. Oh, come train on. Train wreck! A train wreck if I ever saw uh, one. Apparently, he did a lot of Lion King movies, because here's another one Lion King 2, Simba's well, Tribe. He did uh, the first Lion King uh, as well. Godzilla in 98. Dr. Nico Tata. Tristars. Addicted to Love, 97. Uh, the Cable Guy, 96. The Road yeah, to Wellville. I like that movie. And 94. That one wasn't too bad. The Road to Wellville you know wasn't what? bad. 
considering there was a scene in it where a dude is screwing one chick and has his fist halfway up in another one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, no, no, brings back to, no. Okay. <laughs> the Lion King 94 as the adult Simba, duh. The Night uh-huh. We Never Met in 93. Uh, the Freshman in 1990. Everybody remembers that one. Uh, yep. Glory in 89. Family Business in 89. Biloxi Blues in 88. Hell uh, Project X in 87. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. The big one he's known Hello. for. The movie that pretty much yeah. made him. Um... Well, I would say that's more the movie that made him a teen heartthrob. Good I forgot about this one. Lady Hawk in 85. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. Gaston. Gaston. Remember, that was Renaissance France. Or should I say Dark Ages France. Somebody slapped duct tape over that man's mouth. What? I thought we... Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. No, 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 no. Her job was to duct tape... Duck take my hands to the headboard. Yeah, I don't think the the audience needs to know that much about our sex life, love. Mm. Anyway, um, <laughs> War Games in '83 and Max Duggan returns in '83. So this was his second. Max Duggan returns. Oh wow! So there's one I haven't seen in a while. Now, if he returned, where was the movie where he left? <laughs> oh well. Now on to Dabney Coleman as McKittrick, and we'll let Shadow Step do this. Just remember, get that mic a little closer. (laughs) Hold on, hold on, let me grab the blowtorch. No, no, I've got a welder right over there. We'll make it permanent. Okay. (laughs) Hard four, two thousand seven. Now, remember, you don't have to read them all. Just find the ones that you know or just the title jumps out at you. One that should never have came out. Recess, taking the fifth grade. Oh, my Lord. A voice as Principal Prickly. Prickly. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, I keep forgetting Oh yeah, I keep forgetting. Back in or uh, in this day and age, women can be principals in the movies. Duh. Moonlight Mile. Moonlight Mile. Two thousand two. Wow. Two thousand two. Wow. I had to pronounce this last name. Pronounce this last name. Mike. 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 How's that? Just Mike. How's that? Uh. Kiss my act. Kiss my act. Recess. Christmas. Miracle on Third Street. Principal Peter Prickly. Peter Prickly. Oh my God. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so no. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so no. Oh, wait, wait, wait. That's right. I keep forgetting. Dabney Coleman is not a woman. It's a dude. I'm sorry. I don't recognize some people by their names. Remember, I recognize faces. Inspector Jag, Jagget, Inspector Gadget, as Chief Quimby. Oh dear Lord! Yeah, notice 
two members of the cast of this movie are now have also done that movie. Clifford. Oh dear lord, the world's going to end. I would agree. Anyway, continue forth. Clifford. Gerald Ellis. Gerald Ellis. Eh. Alright. Alright. Amos and Andrew. Amos and Andrew. Chief of Police. Silas. Tolliver. Ah, Silas Tolliver. Yes. Ah, Silas Tolliver. Yes. Sorry. There goes the neighborhood. There goes Jeffrey the neighborhood. Abbott. Jeffrey Abbott. 1992. 1992. <laughs> 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 hey, Abbott! I hate that guy. <laughs> Meet the Applegate. Meet the Applegate. Oh, God, yes, yes. Oh, God, yes, yes. 1990. Yes, yes, yes. Aunt B. Yes, remember? He yes, played the queen. Remember? He oh, played God, the queen. Yes. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Yes! That was awesome. That was such a stupid movie. I'm sorry, that was a retarded movie, but I liked it. So, Where the Heart Is, 1990, as Stuart McBain. In all honesty, not a very good movie. Not a very good movie. One page gone. One page gone. Dragnet. Oh, yeah. 1987. Oh, yeah. From what I heard, was not a bad movie. Uh, we'll uh, if I remember right, Dragnet Caesar. had um, Tom Hanks and Dan Aykroyd. Yes. Very good movie. At least I thought. Very, very slapstick compared to the uh, original TV series. One that also just cloaks and daggers. Jack Flack. Jack Flack. Hal Osborne. And here is an all-time favorite for all those who love the old TV series, The Muppets Take Manhattan. Oh, hell yes. Oh, hell yes. Go bye me. All right, animal. Young doctors in love. Dr. Joseph Prang. What, early 80s porn? What, early 80s porn? Late 80s porn? Late 80s porn? Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. On Golden Pond, On Billy Golden Ray. Pond, Billy Ray. Right. Oh, dear Lord. Oh, dear Lord. I forgot about him in this movie. Nine to five. Nine to five. Starring Dolly Parton. Starring Dolly Parton. Yeah. Horrible boss, remember? Exactly. I forgot about that. Nothing personal. Nothing personal. Dickerson. Dickerson. Very much so. Rolling. Rolling Thunder Maxwell. Rolling Thunder Maxwell. 1977. Yeah, that tells you I'm an old fart. Older than me, at least. Duh. Duh. Midway. Captain Murray Arnold. Pretty decent movie, I will admit. The Other Side of the Mountains. The other side of Dave the mountains. McCoy. Dave McCoy. Uh. Ah, here is a uh, movie that I would always be that. 1975 
bite the bullet. It's been a while since I've seen it. The Dove, 1974. The Dove, Charles, Huntley. Love is not forever. Love is not forever. 1974. 74. 1974. Downhill Racer. Downhill Racer. 69. As Mayo. And and you know what? I think honestly that's probably further back than most of except for there's a couple mentions I left on here because he was in three episodes of The Outer Limits two episodes of the Alfred Hitchcock Hour wow craft suspense theater two episodes that goes all the way back to 1964 no kidding and his first I've only seen like two episodes of that Wow. The Movie Maker was his first one. Wow. And now on to John Wood as Falcon. And we'll pass this one off to John Wood. Uh, let's see now. How far back to... Wow. Okay. Uh, let's see and now. Actually, one, we've got one more page for him. Oh, okay. So his goes... Wow. He goes all the way back to 1952. Okay. Let's start at the top here. When I grow up, I want to be a white. 2008. As the narrator. Okay. Uh, um, let's see now. The Return of the Dancing Master. TV series, I think. Uh, Goodbye, Mr. Chips, as Weatherby in 2002. Uh, Victoria and Albert, TV, 19, or 2001. Chocolat in 2000 as uh, Gilliam Berlot. B-L-E-R-O-T. So, yeah. Uh, 2000, The Little Vampire. 1990, 1999, Mad Cows. <laughs> Don't make me moo again. 1998, The Avengers. Hmm, I wonder, was he Thor? Uh, actually, if that's the one I think it is, that actually was starring um, Sean Connery as the villain. You're talking, you're talking. Oh, yeah. With right. Uma Thurman. Yep. Thrubshaw was his character in that movie. Let's see now. 1997, The Gambler as the general. Um, Sabrina in 1995 as Fairchild. Richard III in 1995 as King Edward the Fourth. Sorry. Close in the Wardrobe, 1993 as Robert. Uh, let's see now. Thatcher, The Final Days, 1991 TV. Holy cow, here's one people might remember. He uh, started, or not starred, but he was in the movie Jumping Jack Flash, 1986, as Jeremy Talbot. Uh, he was also in Lady Hawk, 1985, as the Bishop of Aquila. Another Lady yep. Hawk. Mm-hmm. Uh, War Games, 1983, as Falcon. Somebody Kill Her Husband, in 1978, uh, as Ernest Van Staten. Slaughterhouse Five, as Tom Wood. Hmm. 1972. Uh, let's see now. That Kind of Girl, 1963. Uh, the First Gentleman, TV. 1961, The Rebel, 1961, The Challenge, as the school inspector in 1960, 
And last but definitely not least, Stolen Face as Dr. John Jack Wilson in 1952. Alright, and now on to Ali Sheedy who plays Jennifer. Okay, now. Go ahead. First and foremost, we've got Ten Stories Tall. It just completed production, apparently, and will release sometime in 2010. Okay. Let's see. Trying to see if I see anything on here of her list that just, you know, looks interesting or... We all know. Or I would give a damn about. (laughs) Well, let's see. I'm having to go back to... Oh, wait, here we go. This one just makes me smile a little. Red Shoe Diaries 4, auto-erotica. Oh, my Lord. She was in an episode of that TV show. HBO's... No, no, no. No, This was USA Today. Oh, USA, that's right, yes, You can't tell me you didn't watch a few of those episodes. Honey, you better believe I did. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, as the New York ticket agent. Oh, shit. Let's see, Fear in 1990 as Case Bridges. Hmm. Short Circuit 2. Short Circuit 2. Oh, yeah, I forgot she was Voice, in that. uncredited, as of Stephanie Speck. Let's see, mail, Made to Order. <laughs> Short Circuit in 86. Yeah. St. Elmo's Fire, The Breakfast Club. Those were both 85. Some people might know Oxford Blues. We've got War Games in 83. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that pretty much wraps her up. <laughs> At least as far as I'm concerned. Now we're on to Barry Corbin. And yeah, this one is pretty long. And I'm going to handle... Wait, I've got a couple mashed here together, but we'll we'll figure it out. Or apparently they weren't that important. <laughs> okay, who wants Corbin? You know what? Put the crack away. You get Corbin. Give up my crack! God damn it! Okay, DTS, DTS, and Drassy Street 60, which is in production, uh, 2009, President of Hungary. Uh, Next Door Neighbor, 2010 post-production. Most of these are 2009-2010. Okay, one my kids would uh, get. Ben 10, Alien Swarm, TV. Actually, that came out. Grandpa Max Tennyson. Uh, Beer for My Horses. Holy shit, yes. I have yet to see that one either. Oh my god. In the Valley of Ella. Uh, no Country for Old Men. I've heard that was a pretty decent movie. Um, the Dukes of Hazard, 2005. Uncredited. Mr. Pullman. Um, Backwater Elegy, 2003 is JT. Uh, Waiting to Live as Buford Pike. Race to Space. Never heard of it. Command and Conquer. Video game. Video game. Uh, Yuri's yep. Revenge. Uh, 
as General uh, General Ben Carville, do not touch my crack. I don't want your crack in the deck. My husband's trying to lose a finger here in a minute. Command and Conquer Red Alert 2 2001 video game. General Ben Carville, if you want me to get through this, cut that shit out. Uh, the Journeyman. Uh, 2001, Charlie Ledbetter. Yes, please quit rubbing her crack. That's my job. <laughs> and my brain goes just like grape. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Shadow Stubbs just kind of walking around with his head up going, Wow, nice ceiling. <laughs> uh, Time Quest 2000 is Lyndon Johnson. Sealed with a kiss, 99. Wink, pop, Blake. Yes, I swear to God, that's what it says. Wink, Judgment pop, Day, blink. the Ellie Nestler story is Tony Seurat. Oh, Command and Conquer. Command and Conquer. Ah! Yeah. We lost it. Paper down, paper down, quick. Red alert, retaliation. Same general. Uh, let's see. Columbo. Right. Murderous. Clifford Calvert. Uh, crush, kill, and destroy. Video game as a human general. Steven Spielberg's wow. director's chair, video game, voice of warden. Oh, let's see. The Pan- Pandora Directive, video game. This guy does a lot of fucking video games. Sounds like a lot of the people we uh, uh, look through on some of these movies. Looks like he does mostly video games and TV shows. Welcome to it. Uh, Raising Canes, a TV series. Doesn't say who he played. Um, Conagher, Charlie McCloud, stage driver, aka Louis Lemoore's Conagher. Yeah, that was a pretty decent movie starring Sam Elliott. Ghost Dad in 1990. As wow, Mr. Emery Collins. Uh, let's see. Anything else? Wait a minute, Ghost Dad. Is that the one that was uh, Bill Cosby? Yeah, that's what I thought. TV miniseries, Roscoe Brown, unknown episodes. Whoa. Wait a minute, what year? Okay, in that case, then it wasn't the original miniseries, then. PJ Downing. Uh, Let's see. Critters 2, the main course in 88. Oh, hell yes! Nothing like smaller furry animals that roll around and eat things, kind of like your kids. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, young Harry Houdini, TV series, 87. I actually saw that. Yeah, LBJ, that was a decent series. LBJ, the early years. Oh, wow. Let's see, Under Siege in 86. My <laughs> Science Project in 85. As Lou Hart. There's another one I haven't seen in years. My Science Project. That's a bizarre movie. Guy goes to a military junkyard, scrounges up something, and he's like, Yeah, I'll say this is my science project. And somehow it opens the gateway through time. The Man Who Loved Women, 83 is Roy Carr. War Games in 83 is General Berenger. Uh, let's see. Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Starring another one with Dolly Parton and Burt Reynolds. Um, okay. Yeah, so as you can tell, I okay. the night some weird the lights back went out in the day. Georgia. 
and eighty one. Holy shit, that's one I haven't seen in years. Uh, let's see. And basically, he did TV, 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 TV. Urban Cowboy, nineteen eighty. Uncle, wow. Uncle Bob. That's his credit. And now on for Juan and Clay, the character Pat Healy. Go for it, Shadow. Go for it, Shadow. That's all of it. Nope, that's all. That's all of it. I trimmed him heavily. Well, this is a very short list. This is a very short list. War Games in 1983 as Pat Healy. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You can't forget the first one on the list. Our Family Honor, 1985 as Rita Danzig. Legend of the Lone Ranger and Striker. 1981. At least it wasn't the Lone Rangers. <laughs> How can you pluralize the Lone Rangers? <laughs> this is an offshoot of a very familiar movie. The, the Fantastic Seven. The Fantastic Seven. <laughs> yes, it was. Dina Lattimore. Dina and of course, thou shalt not commit adultery. Not commit adultery. 1978, 1978 TV. This chick. Yeah. And now for Kent Williams. And this one, this guy's pretty interesting to me. First thing I'm going to hit is Dragon Ball Z. This guy basically is a is heavily used to doing voiceover work for anime that gets uh, dubbed into English. So, let's see some of the highlights. Dragon Ball Z, Neon Genesis Evangelion, Vexile, One Piece, D-Gray Man. He did Neon Genesis? Not bad. Yep. Hellgirl. Oh, God, there's been a while since I've seen that one. School Rumble, first semester. (laughs) Some more uh, Speed Grapher. Shinobi. Shinobi wasn't too bad. Um, let's see. Da, da, da. Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, shit. TV series. Beyblade, Yu Yu Hakusho. The narrator for 29 episodes. Of Yu Yu Hakusho? Yes. Wow. Gunslinger Girl. Blue Gender the Warrior. Fruits Basket. Female people would... Female listeners might really enjoy that anime. Yeah. Blue gender. Blue gender is an interesting one. I gotta give it that. Blue seat is better, in my opinion. Uh, he did, you know, and then a lot of TV shows. He was in a MacGyver episode. <laughs> Who hasn't been in a MacGyver episode? Oh wait, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mike Hammer. Oh, wow. He was in a Mike Hammer episode? Yep. Oh, cool. And, you know, and of course, the one we're talking about. Yeah, I was going to say, as you can tell, growing up, my parents watched some interesting shows. Mike Hammer, Spencer for Hire, so on and so forth. Yeah. (laughs) And now on to Dennis Lipscomb as Watson. Hmm. All right, Watson. Where the hell Sherlock? Oh yeah, he's currently ten feet underground, stoned out of his gourd. Two thousand one, the medicine show. 
Uh, let's see now. Apollo 11, 1996 TV. Uh, he was in an episode of Melrose Place in 1995. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Wank, 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 wank. 1994, he was in two episodes of Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Oh, no! Without Warning, 1994 TV. Um, Undercover Blues, 1993 as Foster. Interesting. Under Siege, 1992, as David Trenton, National Security Advisor. Yay! Uh, he was in an episode of Perry Mason, The Case of the Glass Coffin, 1991. Cop Rock, 1990 TV series. Wow, he's got a lot of uh, TV credits on here. Yeah. Sister Sister, 1987, as Sheriff Cleve or something of that accord. Yeah. At this point, let's skip, skip TV listings yeah. unless it really, uh, really sticks out. Retribution, 1987. Slowburn. Oh, wait, never mind. That's TV. Crossroads, 1986, as Lloyd. Wow, I'm going to have to watch that movie again. Um, A Soldier's Story, 1984, as Captain Taylor. War Games, 1983. Love Child, 1982. Penitentiary 2, 1982. Um, Wings of Ash, pilot for a dramatization of the life of Antonin uh, Artaud, 1978. Okay, I'm doing Dennis Lipscomb, right? Okay, I'm doing Dennis Lipscomb, right? Yes. Okay, in that case, then, that's pretty much the end of his. (laughs) And now on to Joe Dorsey as Conley. And we'll allow Nightchild to do this one. And he's rubbing his hands together, which just makes me nervous. All right, Killing Midnight, 97, Anthony Chambers. Uh, Pet Cemetery 2, 92, as the caretaker. Interesting. Uh, Taking Back My Life, the Nancy Zeigenmeyer story, as Detective Roth. Uh, knocking Out the TV. Uh, Shadows, of the S- Shadows in the Storm, 88, as Joe Dorsey. Uh, Birkenstock. Let's see. Yeah, he spelled his name a little bit differently, so they had to put it in there as Joe Dorsey with a C instead of an S. Oh my God. Uh, let's see. Real genius in '85. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to take that cheeseburger away from you. It's gonna give you ginormous breasts. Too late. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did I just hear that correctly? Real genius. Real genius. Ow. As Congressman Ow. Dugton. The Philadelphia... It's been a while since I've seen that one. 84 as Sheriff Bates. War Games in 83 as Conley. All these sound stupid to me. Norma Ray. It's 1979. Another oh, one of those, okay, he put his name a little differently as Joe A. Dorsey this time, playing Woodrow Thompson. They went that away and that away. Bill. <coughs> okay, who the hell was he playing? One of the little sprites on uh, 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 Willow? Which way do we go? We go that away! <laughs> Uh, Grizzly in 76 is Charlie Kittredge. And one that you love, my baby, The Longest Yard in 1974. Oh, hell yes. 
Oh yes, the original version starring Burt Reynolds and had also had the guy from the Adams family that played Lurch as one of the inmates. Okay, next. Let's see. Yeah, that's definitely one we ought to uh, do a uh, uh, right. TBR on, dude. The original Metsman. I'm going to pass it off. You know, honestly, I think we're going to skip on past yeah, most of say, these. Unless it's got, like, Michael Ironside or some other bullshit in it. We're going to go to James Tolkien. Just because there's a couple here I want to highlight. Bloodfist 4, Die Trying. Right. They died trying to make this movie, apparently. Yeah. Agent Sterling. Problem Child 2. Okay. Dick Tracy, 1990, has numbers. Interesting. Now, this is the one where people will start to realize who the fuck this guy is. Back to the Future Part 3. Chief Marshal James Strickland. Yes. Back to the Future Part 2. Mr. Strickland. Yep. Case of the Hillside Stranglers. Yeah, that was a good one. Now, that was a TV thing, but it was still fairly good yeah. from all accounts. Oh, yeah. Masters of the Universe, Detective Lubbock. Yes. Armed and Dangerous. Yep, good movie. Top Gun as Stinger. Oh, hell yes. Back to the Future, Mr. Strickland. War Games as Nigan. The Amityville Horror, 1979, Ooh, as Coroner. Yeah, it's been a while. Okay, 1973, I think I want to see this one. The Werewolf of Washington, Dark Glasses. Oh, damn! I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, we definitely got to get that one. <laughs> yep, and you know what? Dave Clover and everyone else we've skipped, I'm sorry, you're just not that interesting for us, really. Sorry. You are the weas- weakest link. Goodbye. Okay. Okay. Do it right. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. Now, before we go and watch the movie, anyone have any thoughts about any of the crap we've rambled through so far, or what they can remember of the movie? Not that much. It's been so long since I've seen it. I mean, yeah. No, he just said, okay, we're doing war games. And I was like, oh, hell, you wait a minute. You need that that Matthew Broderick movie from, like, when I was, like, three? <laughs> three cup sizes smaller, you mean? Yes. <laughs> you shouldn't have had those cheeseburgers. is now single because he's obsessing. Come on. I was doing that beforehand. Just not in front of you. He heard them all. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> what are you talking about? You commented and scored some of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not getting late for a while. <laughs> Thanks a lot, dear. I thought you were supposed to be on my side. Oh, I always am. Fun. <laughs> no. Well, at least I'm not making fun of him no, this time. No, he's just walking around, like, with his head up in the air going, Yeah, you know, you may tease, but that's my baby. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> now, the thing I'll say, there's been a lot of movies about hacking into things and doing Hackers, all this. Hackers. Um, yeah. But of all of them, this one probably still... Ex- this and Sneakers... 
probably are the two that stick out the most as being the most realistic from what I can remember of them all. Pretty straightforward. I mean, simple tricks like, you know, being in the principal's office and pulling out a, t- you know, a drawer, and in there is taped the password list for the week. Yep. This is shit people haven't learned to fix in years. Even to this day. Oh, for crying out loud, there was something on the news uh, a couple nights ago where hackers are still getting into people's MySpace, Facebook, Yahoo accounts, so on and so forth. Why? Because their freaking passwords are too goddamn simple. I mean, ABC123, hello, you don't do that shit. Hey, come on, come on. Are you telling me my password of 12345? One, two, three, four, five. I have the number on my luggage. Yes. Can you name the movie? Thank you. Oh, shit. There goes the planet. No, 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 no. I swear. It's Spaceball 1. She's gone from suck to blue. No, there isn't any sexual connotations there. still a little irritated about the whole... Do you? Do you? Good. Kiss her. Good. Kiss her. Yes. Something later explained. Stop. Stop. No. That is a story for when we get to War Game. Or when we get to Spaceballs. Very true. Because that movie is five bucks. Hell yes. So, you know what? It's been so long since any of us has seen it. I don't think we really have anything intelligent to say about it. We never have anything intelligent to say anyway. Well, you may not. I occasionally say something intelligent. I mean, it is about that time of the decade for me. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, and with that, folks, we will catch you after the break. All right, and we're back after the break. So, initial impressions, everyone. Well, I certainly didn't remember that much about the movie. Definitely awesome. I had forgotten a lot about that movie, and oh my god, I forgot exactly how hair-raising it could get. (laughs) Explosive. Very, very explosive. I mean, it gets your tensions going from the start, and then when you think all's nice and calm, it lets you relax a little bit, and then it just kicks you right in the shorts again. Yeah, ain't that the freaking So, case? now we'll go into the descriptions here. Who wants to kick off with the uh, main menu? Nah, I think we'll let Shadow here. Come on, give it a shot, man. You can do this. I will give it this. It had... Really good graphics. I mean, it basically portrayed what it showed on the cover, but with more of an oomph behind it. Very animated, showing you know missiles launching and landing. And the thing it is, it was also done in 3D graphics as well. Very true. So you could actually see the actual arc. And it rotates around and stuff. I mean, I've got to say, it's probably one of the better ones we've seen. Mm-hmm. And the thing that really got me was the whole play movie, special features, scene selection, all this done up in the old, uh, just 
the extremely large pixelated um, lettering, and oh my god, that was just, I was like, hey, that works. Yeah. That's very nice. Very nice touch. And I will not, I, I will say this now, I will not be dinging this movie for subtitles because it does have them. Now, what Shadow here doesn't know, I have a history of any movie that doesn't have subtitles, automatic deduction. Mm-hmm. But I'm a person who sometimes late at night I can't have it up loud. So I have subtitles going so I can fill in those blanks when, you know, someone's whispering something. Unless, of course, your TV does the whole character whispering in as the subtitles. Like, you... God damn it! Well, you can't avoid that one. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, opening scenes here. <sighs> the opening scene right after you press play. Oh, God. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> you have a vehicle traveling oh, through yeah, that's a right. that heavy old, storm. Uh, old, literally, I'd say 80, 81 model Jeep Grand Wagoneer. Big-ass, long wheelbase SUV made by Jeep. Full-size V8 four-wheel drive. Trust me, I've been dying to get a hold of one of these things for years. Running through this Part large... Which he has more of a heart on for his wife or the uh, cars he loves. Both, actually. <laughs> but running through this dust storm and all of a sudden pulls up to this interesting-looking, suburban-looking house. Kind of, in, uh, kind of a ranch-style house in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, literally, middle of nowhere. A few dead trees here and there, or possibly limbs, God only knows. Two guys get out, one carrying a case. Big metal, I'd say, one foot wide by like three foot long by like foot and a half deep kind of thing. Walk up, walk into the house, all of a sudden, bing, pan inside. They take off their jackets, we cut inside. Well, well, as they're inside. Well, I was going to say, boom, camera pans, or camera goes, boom, right inside of the living room. Very, very suburban-style uh, layout to the living room. Next thing you know, these two guys come in, big dust cloud, close the door, stomp, 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 uh, you know, wiping the dust off of them. One, both of them walk up to the mirror that has the coat hooks, or the hat hooks on it. One sets the case down, all of a sudden they both pull out IDs. And then we cut to the other side of the mirror. Well, no. It lights up in front of them. Then we cut to the other side of the mirror. Yep. We see a military dude looking at him and buzzes him through. Yep. Now, what do we got going next here, Shadow? Well, inside this secretive room, we, we pin... Right to another military dressed figure opening the safe. And out pulls two snub nosed revolvers. Probably 38s, you know. Yeah, easy. Often known as, you know, uh, Saturday night specials. Yeah. What really got me is that they only gave them three rounds a piece. Each. Pulls out six rounds, sets them on top of the uh, safe. I mean, in my personal opinion, I would at least give them four apiece. Well, when we we cut in a little further, it makes a little more sense why they would only need three. Yeah. Very true. The elevator, then this long 
corridor with this big ass metal door. We're talking prop. You know, they come down out of the elevator, and there's an exchange between them and the people who are inside as the door's opening, and this is a foot and a half to two foot easy solid metal door. Yeah. And you quickly catch this is a blast door. Yeah. Easily able to withstand, you know, nuclear strike. The room inside, though. Oh, dear God. Can you say claustrophobia? Well, I am claustrophobic. I am highly claustrophobic. And these guys are supposed to spend 24 hours in a room that's probably... 15 foot long by like 8 foot wide, with computers everywhere. Now, at least it looked like they had fairly comfortable chairs. Yeah, I gotta agree with that, but still, I couldn't spend 24 hours in there. I'd end up going nuts. Same here. And the door shuts. Well, you yes. gotta remember the part where you know they they did the exchange, and the guys that were leaving said something about they hadn't been on time for the last six months, and they were written up in the log book. I was like, yeah, pricks. <laughs> yep. Mm. Can we say, plick? What a very very small plick you have. No, 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 no. That's They're fried like, rice. You plick. They're like ten minutes late. Come on now. Yeah. Well. Hey, if I'd been shut in a room for 24 hours, every minute ca- racks yeah, up there right. at the last bit. God damn it, the damn transport's four minutes late. Though. That's four minutes I'm not going to get back, man. <laughs> well, considering I work in a prison, you know, this, the, I, I can definitely qualify with the whole ten minutes. God damn it, the last ten minutes of work is definitely Sucks. the longest, especially when you're in an environment where you're kind of closed in. And anyway... They're not inside this room more than ten minutes before alarms go off and a computerized voice comes across announcing a a encoded message. Yep. They, they start pulling out little red books, markers, this, that, and the other, start writing down the uh, uh, letters and numbers, this, that, and the other. It's not long before you finally realize they're setting up to uh, get ready to launch. Yep. And I mean, the tension's building. You can see both guys. They're Starting just to sweat. Yeah, especially the guy in control. He's especially. He even goes so far as during their whole launch protocol to break with procedure and say, "Get me someone on the phone. I don't want to kill twenty million people and not know for sure what's going on." Yeah. And the line is dead. We are moving right towards World War Three, folks. That's right. Merry Christmas. Your teeth are going to be bright as green. Bright as green. Shit. Your, the paint is going to get sucked off your house and your family's going to have a permanent orange afro. In the uh, famous words of Dan Aykroyd. Exactly. Which is definitely another movie I think we ought to do a TBR on sometime. Actually, if you're if, talking about the one I'm thinking about, that's going to be a two-parter. Oh, oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Anyway, moving <coughs> on, moving on. So, and... At the last seconds, the commander is saying, no, I'm not going to do it. Drops I, his hand. I can't do it. I can't do it. The other guy being played by Michael Madsen, for God's sakes, the B-movie cop tough guy of the uh, mid and late 90s, pulls out his gun, drops the hammer, says, sir, put your hand back on the key. We need to get this done now. Huh. And that's where we end that scene. 
directly cut inside a fucking NORAD. And just as a little FYI for people who haven't figured, who don't know or haven't figured out, a little bit of information about this one set piece. Up to this time, <coughs> this was the most expensive set piece built for any movie. They spent a million dollars in the early 80s to build this. And when they finally got to see what NORAD really looked like, this is NORAD's wet dream. Yes. Nor At the time, NORAD wished they had something that nice. And you have people showing up at NORAD, and their suits, some wearing full fucking dress uniforms. No, no. The people we're focusing on are two guys in suits. Oh, yeah, good point, good point. And they've got this whole conversation going as they're coming up and heading towards a meeting with the general who runs the place and, you know, a couple other people. Yeah. And in it, it comes out that this was a test drill that was happening at the beginning. They figured out by putting every person who was sat in front of these keys that 22% of everyone failed to pull the keys. Yep. Why? Because they didn't have the cojones to turn the keys and possibly kill millions of people. You know, it's one thing to kill, you know, a couple dozen people in person, but to drop a bomb on someone... From a distance. In all you honesty, know what? That's the Nintendo generation. We're not there well, yet. Hold on, hold on, hold on. you got to realize, though, I've actually met guys from Vietnam and, you know, little skirmishes between Vietnam and uh, Grenada in the early 90s that have dropped bombs on people. That's That was their whole job. And these guys still have nightmares because they may not have seen the faces but for some weird reason, in their nightmares, they're still hearing the screams. And in all honesty, I gotta give those guys props because of that shit. Because it takes a lot of fucking guts to uh, be able to actually push a button, drop a bomb on thousands of people, and not see a fucking face. Especially when you're talking about bombs that aren't high precision. Exactly. You know, when you start talking you know, about you know pinpoint, that's almost easier to cope with, well, I imagine. But moving. So, they, I forget the guy's name. It starts with a B, someone help me. Um, I, uh, I can't think, oh, anyway, basic, the basic. Uh, list is over there. Yeah. <laughs> that Oops, would help. We threw, this, we threw this stuff away a little too soon. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Okay. Okay, General Berenger's the guy who runs the place. Yep. And it's McKittrick. That's it, McKittrick. Decide, brings up and introduces the Whopper. Basically, he introduces it by the few words, well, in that case, then, let's take the human out of the equation. Right there. That right that's, there is the largest famous last words I've ever heard. That's the part where everybody in the room kind of started cringing <laughs> and yeah. getting no. scared. Berenger <laughs> goes off about it. Oh, yeah. The two politicians Political types who are there, they're all in. Yeah, Idiots. they're like, well, let's 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 see what you're talking about here. Uh, and can we say Terminator. This is how this kind of shit started. And they introduce the Whopper, which is a machine that just calculates World War Three. War Operation 
planning, planning, whatever. Yeah. Anyway. The, so. But as one of the technicians said, this thing has run World War Three scenarios every minute of every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 365 days a year. Yep. I'm sorry, but do I really want to leave my possible security up to a machine? No. No. If my, you know, if I'm going to get nuked, I... I want, uh, you know, someone to be behind the key, at least. Exactly. It's a weird thing, but hey. Oh, yeah. That's a human being making a decision instead of a a cold, calculating, unfeeling machine making said decision. Yeah. And that pretty much wraps... The wrap on this scene is that they go, we're going to recommend this to the president. And I'm sure... Sure, the Joint Chiefs will have something to say, and Beringer, you're damn right we will. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, next scene we cut to, back to that long, Wait. straight room again. Go ahead. I thought you had... Oh, I. It, it was just the whole, well, you know, this guy keeps saying over and over again, well, we got to be on a plane in less than an hour. Well, give me five minutes, and then leads them out here to show them this machine that's going to yeah to anybody that knows anything about computers you know what they may not have the the whole human condition but they have a bigger problem it's called they don't give a flying fucking hell so exactly you know in the end it's numbers it's logic it's going to try to you know maximize you know, effectiveness while minimizing, you know, retaliatory strikes. No. 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 I'm sorry. I would rather be standing there in a cold wasteland looking down the uh, sights of a rifle and being able to see the faces of those of whom I'm killing as a soldier instead of standing there looking at a computer screen going, hmm, looks like 20 million people just got dead. Yep. Now, after all of this, the next thing we cut to, of all things, is a kid at a Galaga machine. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You almost forgot. Uh, we, uh, ha- uh, after oh, the, yeah. The, uh, the scene in the friggin' uh, 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 the key room. The two guys that were in there that were going through that drill, Michael Matson's character and the other guy, are walking out as they're ca- as two technicians are carrying out seats, this, that, and the other, while one technician in the area where the keys were going beforehand, a number pad. And a, you know... LED, basically an LED display. And the guy, the guy who was, you know, refused to pull the key just kind of stops and looks at it as they put it in, and you can see a mild sheen of sweat on him. Yeah, that look of, my God, this is what's going to be making the decision from now on? There, it's almost like, just from the facial expressions, I don't know if it was intended, but the actor did a very good job oh, yeah. of portraying, I should have pulled the fucking key. This wouldn't have happened, maybe, if I had turned the key. Yeah. It's that look of, okay, maybe I should have done what I... That look look of regret. Yeah, and anxiety. It, it was kind of an angsty look, like, oh, God... This is not going to end well. Yeah. You know, and if he's smart enough to figure out this is not going to end well, Ooh, come on. Oh, God. 
And you can clearly see on this actor's face, what the hell did I just do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, if I would have turned the key, our I would still have would, this job. Our hands would not now be in the hands of a machine. Okay. I said it when we were at the very end of the movie. Uh, I don't know if you were in the room or not, but it's one of those situations where you got to think. This is the kind of stuff that could easily happen. I mean, it is feasible. It is very feasible. I mean, for crying out loud, I've been hearing stories of possibility of the regular soldier being taken out of the equation and all of a sudden reanimated dead bodies as soldiers going into war. Hello, can we say Night of the Living Dead possibly? I mean, it's all kinds of... Some of the movies that are coming out nowadays, or even back in the past, back in the 80s and early 90s, some of this stuff could actually happen. Yep. And now to the scene I was talking about a oh, moment yes. ago. We cut to a kid playing a Galaga machine, and he's just wailing on it. Oh my god, he's just kicking all kinds of fucking ass. Just jamming on that stick. You can believe me when I say this. I've played that game before as an arcade, and trust me, I got my ass handed to me on more than one occasion. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Missile Command, I remember, uh, uh, the, had the, uh, the push button and the wheel. The trackball. Yeah, the trackball. I played that and was, I mean, I was a fucking master at that game, but Galactica, I, I got my ass handed to me on more than one occasion. And, you know, as he's jamming, other kids start sprinting out, and he pulls out his watch, and oh, as shit, another kid comes up, here, take this, and he sprints off. Yep. Right into class, late. The thing of it is, though, he starts to run out, stops, runs back, grabs a blue book, and runs out. Next thing you know, you see him running up into a high school, Sherman High School to be specific, and then all of a sudden you see a teacher asking scientific questions, specifically about, oh, I don't know, plants. And then all of a sudden you see him one up, run up to the door, look in, is like, oh crap. Tries to sneak in, gets almost all the way to his desk, and all of a sudden the teacher calls his name. The teacher, I don't think we've got the teacher's name, but it was David. Uh, Hello, David. Nice of you to join us. Please come up here. I got a present for you. And hands him a blue papered test with a big fat red F on it. And he made sure he showed it well enough so the entire class could see it. How many times, I wonder, has this happened to any of our listeners out there? Yes, you know, some teachers are pricks like that. No shit. I (laughs) couldn't have come home with an F if I wanted to live. My dad is a science teacher. (laughs) Oh, God, yeah, I forgot about that. Thank you, babe. (laughs) Now... The other fun thing there that happens is, you know, they start, he starts discussing the questions. And he asks, um, female, Jennifer, we find out later, why do uh, nitrogen nodules cling to the roots of plants? And she looks up and smiles sweetly. Love? (laughs) Yes, no, she's not a teenager at all or anything. Oh, no. Yeah, this is the atypical early 80s teenager. This is the synthesis 
of early 80s teenager, okay? And the teacher, you know, you know, hands her the test with a nice big fat F on it, too. Yep. And then all of a sudden he asks the next question, talking about asexual reproduction. Who was it who first came proposed the idea of reproducing without sex? And David kind of whispers, you can't really quite hear him unless you have it really way up. And Jennifer just starts giggle, 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 giggle. More giggles here and there from other students, this, that, and the other. And the teacher looks back, would you mind sharing what's so funny? And she can't help but to look back at David, look up at the teacher, giggle, look back at David. And the teacher decides to ask David what's so funny. And David simply replies, when asked the question, who do you think was who came up with the idea of reproduction without sex? And he blatantly says, with a big teasy smile on his face, your wife. And the teacher throws him out, and he sends him directly Trust to the office. That scene happened. All four of us in the room just kind of, oh, oh, damn, that hurts. That so hurts. If that would have happened to me in high school, I'd have literally got my ass kicked up between my shoulder blades. <laughs> Especially considering most of the middle school and high school teacher knew me by all three Ooh. of my names. No, 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 no. Honey, you got to realize... My sci- one of my science teachers in high school was a guy that stood six foot eight, weighed almost five hundred pounds. Okay, named Mister Goodman. Okay, this man was the kind of guy he was soft spoken for the most part, a little bit loud, but you know he didn't raise his voice. It was just that you know boisterous kind of uh, uh, volume he had, you know. But very well-natured. I've seen that man blow his top twice. First time, okay, I wasn't there, but I heard about it. The second time, I was there, and trust me when I say this, I wanted to crawl out the window. Thankfully, he wasn't pissed off at me. (laughs) And, you know, then the next scene we cut to, he's in the office and talking to a black lady behind... He's yeah, secretary, obviously. Yeah, and he's teacher wants me to come in and uh, discuss talk to my poor attitude, and she but, smiles. You know, the principal is really tired of discussing your poor attitude. So I, I. <laughs> I'm sure he is. <laughs> and he walks around As to she the alcove. Him in, yeah. Um, I don't know too many high schools, especially in Seattle, like that. Hmm. Well, anyway, and he walks around to this little alcove where, you know, the principal's office or dean of students, it never really, I don't think he ever says principal, he says Mr. Whatever, so it could have been principal, vice principal, dean of students. Exactly. Hell, it could have been the superintendent for all we know. And he sits down and looks around, no one's looking, he sits up and pulls out a drawer, and in the drawer is a list of passwords. Idiots! Yes. Hold it. It's one of those uh, writing slats that is in really old desks. Oh, God. Or really nice ones nowadays. Really really nice ones nowadays. It's just a a single sheet of of Uh, two... Piece of wood about, uh, I'd say, three-quarter of an inch thick and about, I'd say, half to three-quarter of an inch wider than a normal, everyday sheet of paper. 
she did paper. Paper. Yeah. And and for some stupid reason, they have they they have this old yellowed piece of paper where they have written down about a dozen passwords and mark mark them out and then written something else on there. And it's taped onto this thing within easy access of the student body. Hello. Can we say stupid? Hello, retard. But anyway, and the password is. Pencil. Wow, I just saw everything spike on our little <laughs> thing over here. Yep. Anyway, the next thing you know, he sits back down just as whoever it is he needs to go talk to opens up his door and says, Oh, David, come on in, if you would please. I think he actually says Mr. Lightman, but... Yeah, that's it, Lightman, that's it. And that... Then we cut... Then we cut to him David. walking down the street, and then all of a sudden Jennifer rides up on this motorized moped. You know, motorized moped. You know what I mean. <laughs> one of those wannabe motorcycles yeah, from the eighties. Yeah, it's like a motorcycle, but it's literally just got nothing more than a two-stroke lawnmower engine on it. And she, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get you in trouble. Can I, I give you a ride right. home? I'm not going to repeat what uh, Lord Drakenblut said during that scene. Hey, I'll write her home. <laughs> he never mind, he said it anyway. <laughs> anyway, so he hops on the bag, and the first thing that I'm thinking as he reaches around to grab a hold of her is, okay, his hands are a little too high there. Okay, never mind. No, no, boy. You don't grab up that high, you grab the hips. It, it gives you better leverage. <laughs> Hell yeah. He'll learn. He's a teenager. Exactly, exactly. Anyway, next thing you know, she starts writing off, and all of a sudden all you hear is, Oh, God! (laughs) Definitely tell he's a virgin. I'm sorry, I have to remind you, he is married to Sarah Jessica. I very much doubt he's learned much of anything. (laughs) (laughs) Can you say burn? Oh my god, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but Sex in the City just took a whole new twist from that line. (laughs) What's Sex in the City? (laughs) That's the one word missing off that title. Yes, anyway... But all of a sudden, they cut. Um, well, what are you planning on doing? What are you planning on doing? Because he's talking about. Don't worry, I'm. Oh, they're. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're riding along up the hill here, and all of a sudden he's like, she's like, do you? Uh, uh, aren't you? Uh, um, uh, anxious or whatever? Because you, you know, we both just failed biology. You know, so we're gonna have to take summer school. No, we're not. No, I'm not going to. No, he I'm says not. nothing. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. But Anna says, what do you mean? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? da 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 Show me, show me, show me. Or, yeah, show me, show me, show me. Or, no, tell me, tell me, tell me. And all of a sudden, he's like, no, no, no. Take it right up here, and I'll show you. And they walk into his place. Both, no parents are home. She walks in. Aren't your parents home? Yeah. No, they both work. Typical 1980s suburbia home. Reason why is because as soon as you walk in, hardwood foyer and uh, very nice... Turned wood banisters on the stairs. And he's like, you know, she's like, your parents home? No, no, they both work. Come on up. And on his door it says caution restricted area, something like that, you know. Yeah, you know. 
the kind of thing that a typical, you know, teenager would have. Teenage male should have on his door because, my God, you walk in at the wrong time, you're gonna, you know, see something you shouldn't. Although I have never quite seen a teenager's door that had their own lock. I sure as hell wouldn't allow one of my kids to lock their ha- car or lock their door without me having a key to it. Fuck exactly. that shit. Well, the other thing is, this is an older style house. You can tell by the key. It's not that hard to get around those kind of keys. Oh yeah, the old six-inch-long skeleton key. Yeah, not that hard. No. And walk in, and this boy is decked on computers for that age. I mean, we're talking easily several thousand dollars worth of computer hardware running the old-style 8-inch floppy disks. Oh, my God. Do you know how long it's been since I've seen an 8-inch floppy? Do you know how long it's been since I've seen a a 5.5-inch? Yeah. Um, last night. (laughs) (laughs) Oh! Oh, <laughs> Wolf, I'm sorry. You should have known before now. She did spend the night with me last night. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, of course I will continue to touch her boobs. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, as he, uh, yeah, should I say she? <laughs> anyway, but no, the thing that gets me is they walk in and he's got all the computer hardware. His bed is made. Kind of. So, uh, pseudo. I mean, uh, the pu- the pillow was exposed, you know. Uh, and the clothes on the bed, the one thing that is his tiny whities on the top. <laughs> and he's, and oh, don't mind, a little messy. Yeah, a little messy. As he picks up a small armload of clothes. Um, I'm sorry, but when I was his age, I had clothes everywhere all over the floor, okay? And... You know, he proceeds at this point to strut his stuff and log into the school's system. Yeah, after pulling out this, what looked to be like a magazine, opening it up, pulling out an 8-inch floppy, looks at it real carefully, I mean, less than 6 inches away from his face. Okay. It's like, uh, oh yeah, got the right one. Click, click. Oh yeah. And And he proceeds to dial into the computer system. At the school. Now, now we need. I need to explain this one because some of the younger people might not know what you know. This kind of stuff is. He literally picks up an old school phone, dials, waits until he hears a couple tones, and then puts the phone handset into a coupler modem. Now, anyone who hasn't seen this, a coupler modem was a large device that had these two large rubber pads and mic pickup and a speaker in them that you would snap it in and that's how it would talk. We're talking 300 BPS. Yes. 300 bytes per second. If you want a bitch about 10 megs, no. We're talking old school now. Now, the thing you have to keep in mind, though, 300 you know, BPS back then was fairly quick because all you were displaying was text. Exactly. There so was... it didn't take much to show it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was almost instantaneous. Hello, boom. Hey, guess what? We got it. And he proceeds to change his grade to a C Which from an F. F. And then he, you know, starts typing in her name. And do you have a middle name? K for Kristen or something like that. Catherine. 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 Ah. 
Catherine. What a hot name. Uh, I used to date a Catherine. And to be I don't want to hear... Dude, I've seen the people you've dated. You finally found one who doesn't make me want to barf in a bag, put the bag over my head, barf in another one, and repeat. <laughs> I think that's a compliment. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. Anyway, but all of a sudden, she, he types it in, and all of a sudden, boom, up comes her grade. Same as his F on biology, which is at the very friggin' top. Though he says, how do you get a D in home ec? Which I gotta agree with that, uh, that question. <laughs> how does anybody get a D in home ec? Okay... I can barely sew. I can cook, thank God. Oh, yes. Thank God. And I aced Homek. I flunked it. <laughs> okay, moving right along before we yes. really have to start mocking him more than normal. Anyway. Go darn some socks. We're done with you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, next thing you know, she's she's like, no, 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 change it back, change it back. This, we're we're going to get in trouble, change it back. And all of a sudden he's like, all right, fine, 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 changes it back. And she's, you know, okay. But he doesn't enter as she starts to leave. And as soon as she walks out, Closes back. the door. A. Backspace, A. And then he proceeds... This is an old school thing that has actually seen a resurgence in recent days. Starts doing something called war dialing. Oh, this was after dinner. Remember? Uh, yes, yes. Yes. He's looking through a magazine during dinner. His mom... Yeah, okay. You, this is where we find out, yes, both parents work. Dad, God only knows what the hell he does because he looks like a typical geek. Okay, let me rephrase that. Atypical 80s geek. Big-ass glasses, really short, fucked-up haircut, sweater vest, over a white button-up shirt, no tie. And Mom is on the phone with a jacket that says... Carpenter, I believe. No. Century 21. Thank you. Century 21 reality. Yep. Yeah. Next thing you know... He's okay, okay, I'm, I'm done with dinner, but read through a magazine, sees this one company out of Sunnydale, California. Hmm. First thought that went through my head, Sunnydale. All you gotta do is change one letter and buffet! <laughs> anyway, moving Next past thing you that. Know, uh, but anyway, and he's like, oh, cool. They got some really cool war game kind of things going on. No, no, something that'll change gaming forever. Oh, yes, yes, thank you, thank you. Closes his uh, magazine, gets up with his plate. Okay, I'm finished. I'm going up to my room now. As doesn't as, n doesn't even say it. Just does it. Yeah, but just does. It. Just as mom sits down, and you realize dad has literally put a rather thick layer of butter onto a piece of bread. Picks up his corn and starts slathering it. Hey, I, I you know that that's a decent way to go about oh, it. Yeah, hell but yeah. I gotta give him that one. Next thing you know, he starts salting and salting and salting. And all of a sudden, she's like, you know, I really worry about him sometimes. Just at about that point in time, Dad bites in to the cob of corn. And all of a sudden, he just kind of looks up, blinks at her. This corn is raw. Yes, don't, don't you just love it? You can just taste the nutrients and... Uh, the vitamin A and D! <sighs> I'm sorry, but... Oh! Babe, you ever did that to me? I would have to... <laughs> 
Well, don't you think she'd Excuse do it intentionally me? just so you would do such a thing to her? And <laughs> <laughs> he can see the wheels of my head turning. Yes, and all of a sudden the horn's growing a little taller, and the uh, and the uh, knee. Hey, I'm, I'm looking back here at the tail. It's just yeah. <laughs> oh no, that's just hot. <laughs> wow. That's well, what wait, I meant. Is that a pitchfork in your hand? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. A what do you think she here. eats with? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Stop it. You're going to turn him on, and I'm not going to get home in time to take care of that before I have to pick kids up. <laughs> oh, Why do I think the, you know Shadow here is going to be driving? <laughs> he, he's still in Fli- here. Shadow, can I tell you? Flip the mirror up. <laughs> Music very loud. You'll be okay. <laughs> he's, still in, he's still in Dear God Fuck. No. Not fuck him because of earlier. Oh, she shit. is so not getting. <laughs> shit, 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 shit. Oh god. <laughs> anyway, 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 anyway. Now that we yeah, digress, back to the uh, back to the movie. All of a sudden, he goes up to his room and starts the ward dialing. Now, to explain what ward dialing for those who might not know, it was a simple technique of sitting there and dialing blocks of phone numbers at a time, and. A modem would give a specific sound, so therefore you could easily go through and go, this isn't the sound I was looking for, throw it out. Next number. Wait, this is something interesting, I'll save it. And war dialing has actually had a resurgence in recent years because of the rise of VoIP technologies, where with you know high-speed bandwidth as it is, you can cover an entire state in about a week or so to Depending on how big it is. Yeah. So it has seen a resurgence. This is not dead technology, you know, dead technology, dead practices. Exactly. Well, that, that and also, uh, remember what we used to do all the time. When, uh, we were a little bit younger in the early 2000s. And which was, which uh, I come to find out was called war driving. Which is basically taking up computer it was, wireless yeah. access and driving around until you find one that's unsecured. And hey, we got internet. Some people just did it to find them. I know people who had automated systems that would do it and then upload it to websites. But we digress past that. But now that they've got that technology, that something that you can fit on your keychain will tell you where Wi-Fi hotspots are now. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. but that, that only tells you there's something there. It doesn't tell you any good information. Yeah. But then again, too, as uh, Shadow found out earlier on this week, or this weekend, I should say, found out that there are some that can even block wireless signal. Yep. But moving on, you know, the next day we run it, run into them, and she's like, you know... I've changed my mind. Could you change my grade? And they get back to his room and they start talking. And he's like, well... And he's got the war dialing going. She's like, is this going to take long? You know, and isn't this expensive? And he's like, there's ways around that. <laughs> no, he's not a hacker. Well, no. Back then, it was not... You couldn't say it was purely hacking. It was a combination of hacking and freaking. That's part of what war dialing was, was, yeah. you know, playing with the phone systems. Right. <clears throat> so, anyway... He's like, I already changed your grade. I figured, you know, you'd change your mind, so I just changed it then. She's like, what'd you give me? D. D. What? You gave me a... No, no, I'm kidding. I gave you an A. And she smiles big and, you know. And you so know this dude's getting laid. 
<laughs> Sooner or later. <coughs> so. Move on. Next thing you know, he's going along through some of the numbers he's logged, and all of a sudden he's like, hey, wait, okay, no, no. This is a bank. No, I think, hey, um, Pan Am. Well, the, the, that's a bank. Huh, that could come in useful later on. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, Pan Am. Where do you want to go? And he books reservations. She's like, so I have Flight tickets to... to Paris. So I have tickets to Paris now? No, no, no. You just have reservations for... Yeah. The flight. Exactly. Next thing you know, comes up and... Oh, games. List of games. First one on no. the list. Hmm? No, he comes to one that just says, log on. Oh, yeah. Uh, refuses to identify itself. And he tries something... Connection terminated. Try something else. Connection terminated. And then he tries help games, and it gives a list of games. He tries something. Connection terminated. Yep. And now he, you know, prints it out and goes and talks to some of his other nerd friends. One of which everybody has seen in either Revenge of the Nerds, Revenge of the Nerds Part 2. Oh, yeah. This dude just, yeah. About six foot four, as skinny as a rail. Uh, dear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I have to give you a visual. Okay, yes, I stand six foot two and weigh 120 pounds. Okay, yeah, but you're not a rail. You're a railroad spike. Get the sledgehammer. I've got a tie to put down. This, yeah. But my husband's. Got hair down past his shoulders, wearing anyway, all black, anyway, anyway, sexy. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to say it. Okay, it's all good. It's all good. Then. <laughs> anyway, next thing you know, he's like, okay, but um, anyway, like I said, six foot four, skinny as a rail, the full button up front, short sleeve, checkered shirt, pants. Uh, gray slacks hiked all the way up to his elbows. Oh, yeah. I mean, the big... A- I'm talking glasses that make two liters look thin, okay? Oh, yes. Urkel would be jealous. Oh, yes. And they start discussing his printout, and they bring up the concept of a back door. No, no, not the one you need toilet paper for. Well, the one guy does. And this guy... I've it was the nerdy guy who, you well, know, the he, to- well, he's the one who mentioned the back door, but the guy who was elaborating on it, I mean, ati- I won't say atypical. This guy's somewhat uh, longer hair, a little bit past these ears, maybe close to his shoulders. Let's think of um, heavier set comic book guy from Simpsons, except only, not so heavy. Yeah, except not so heavy and not so nasty. But definitely <laughs> that kind of. Uh, yeah, overweight, spends weight all his time in his computer chair, hooked up to, you know, and his only r- r- interaction with the outside world is on an internet connection. connection. Now, this, let's make it, you know, really clear. This was pre-internet days. Yeah, thanks. This was, you were dialing machine to machine to BBSs. You know, had porn been around, maybe things would have been different for some of these guys. I was going to say, from what I understand, even back then, you could still talk person to person, PC to PC, but there was no video or anything like that. It was just all text. Yeah. So, 
they you know explain what a backdoor is this, that, that it basically something the programmer puts in that no one else but him does. knows about security vulnerability exactly this is why closed source proprietary software sucks you don't know what's there all you know is what they tell you not what might be there so he then proceeds a massive data hunt as he starts looking for information about Faulkner's maze. Yep. Which leads him to Stephen Faulkner, and he starts just referencing all kinds of shit from this guy. And uses different things in there to try to figure out what the back door is. And then, all of a sudden, she comes over one day after a nice, long run where she's sweating slightly, you know, that nice, glowing sheen on her. And this must have been pre-sports bra day because she has a nice bounce going. Yes, I am stuck with men watching this Oh, come on. We saw you looking and appreciating the bounce, too. No. (laughs) But... If that's what little, you know, cream in your shorts fantasy you got going on, you go right ahead and go along with that. Hey, how'd you know I had a can of cream corn right here? (laughs) (laughs) It's cooked! Yeah, thankfully. So we can't taste all the vitamin D and C. So I'm watching this movie with a bunch of people going, oh, God, I'd so hit that. Damn! Uh, Did you ever hear me or... Yes, I did. Anyway. <laughs> if you weren't getting laid before, you sure as hell ain't now. Oh, gee, thanks, Ben. Anywho, but she goes up to his room and, you know, starts talking to this, that, and the other. She walks in. She's like, where have you been all week? Have you been sick? No, I've just, um, yeah. As he's laying there in a pair of pants, no shirt. And a pile of paper around him. Printer paper. Everywhere. Printer paper, notebook paper. I mean, you name it, it's there. Okay, I have to make a point, though. I'm sorry, she rings the doorbell, his dad answers the door. Reading a newspaper, and he does barely looks up. And and she's like, hi, is David here? Oh, yeah, he's, uh, uh, oh, oh, yeah, he's up in his room. And she just goes walking past him, goes up to his room, and I'm like, wait a minute. Hello, where did the whole, may I come in? Where did the whole, I'm a parent, I, that a very half-naked woman just ran up to my son's. That's not a good thing. No. Well, wait, wait. The part you're leaving out is, it was the dad who let it happen, not the mom. Exactly. And I'm sitting here going, uh, uh, did your parenting skills go out the window? Yeah, sorry. Well, so I remember. Back in those days, it's the dad's pretty much saying, yeah, my boy's finally becoming a man. Uh, that and also, you could tell, so one of the things that these guys are not pointing out was while she was running up the stairs, he was looking very intently. Oh, no. He looked and then went right back to his papers. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Never mind. It was, it was, yeah. um, two words. Pussy wet. Yeah, very true, very true. Yeah. Besides, I doubt he was, I doubt that old man was getting any anyway. And through discussion with him, her, and him showing her the video of Faulkner, he pieces together and tries, oh no, it can't be that simple, tries the name of Faulkner's deceased son, Joshua. Types it in. Enter. And he's in. 
Welcome, Professor Falcon. And he, you know, in another step of showing off, shows a, you know, text-to-speech system that has the computer talking back. I'm sorry, I have to point out something. The whole, going through the whole, oh, God. Do you have a number for him? He's kind of cute. Uh, he's dead. Oh. He's she doesn't say, he asks about the number. Tell. She asks, oh, he's kind of, you know. Cute, attractive, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then then he says something about he was old, and she goes, "He isn't that old. He was forty-one. Oh yeah, he's old. My dad's forty-five. My dad's forty-five, and I'm like, oh god, I'm thirty-three. I'm gonna be thirty-four hey. next month, and I'm sitting here going, eh. I get this uh, enough from my. Our kids consider us fucking ancient, okay? Yeah, no kidding. To us, we predate Yoda. Predate Yoda. Wow, so who did Yoda date after you two? Feel my force deep within you, I will. Feel the force. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Get the welding helmet. We broke her brain. We have to fix it. <laughs> Not getting late. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, anyway. So all of a sudden, he... Boom. List. Of the games. And... Comes back up. We, we've got things like backgammon, chess, biological, you know, this and that, and... Global nuclear thermonuclear nuclear war. He types in global thermonuclear war. All of a sudden, computer comes up. Dr. Falcon, wouldn't you rather play a nice game of chess? Not right now. And he proceeds to play a simulation of World War Three with where, Joshua. Where he's like, hmm, what side should I choose? Ah, let's be the Russians. And just to explain a little more... Because the connection comes a l- not much after this. Joshua is the Whopper. Yes. Now, plus, now, like I was, sa- like we were saying with the, or like Lord of the Rock and Blue and uh, who was it again that you did uh, Red Dawn with? Dragon's Angel. Ah, that's it. Um, this was a point in time when literally the the red threat was really, really big. I mean, the Iron Curtain the was up. The perception of it, well, at least. Still, but the Iron Curtain was up. You know, every time the Russians made a move, we made a move. Every time we, didn't ma- we made a move, the Russians made a move. It was just basically a large game of chess. And... Yeah. Oh, come on. It wasn't chess. It was posturing, posing, waving a patriotic cock around, trying to prove who was bigger and badder. When come to find out through everything, China w- if China would have whipped out, whipped out theirs at the time, they would have whipped up both of our asses. Only if they would have gone in for a purely ground war. True. So. <laughs> yes, it's amazing how much we can remember of the uh, uh, po- politics of things back in the 80s. <laughs> anyway, so they start in, hmm, who should we bomb first? Las Vegas. Yeah, that sounds good. And that was Jennifer's idea. And then they bombed Seattle. And, you know, you can tell kind of hours pass. And Dad yells up, David, how many times do I have to tell you to snap these lids on tight? Because the dog has knocked it over and is digging through the trash. Yep. So he just cuts the connection. Yep. 
when the whole time, next thing you know, poof, next scene, we're right back in no, NORAD. No, we're, this is actually between them and oh. NORAD back, bouncing oh, back yeah, and yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As Please. they're freaking out that missiles are launching, fighters are scrambling, subs are launching, and then as soon as he up, cuts connection, it all goes, dead. goes off back to normal. And everybody's doing the... <laughs> and then we cut... You know, we'll just cut on to the next scene where, the next day, he walks home, walks in from school, and, you know, Mom's all proud. He's got passing grades. Um, actually, her exact words were, Young man, I want you to come in here. You have something very important. She's got this somewhat stern look on her face, picks up the mail, pulls out. Your report card for the semester just came in. And you passed. Big oh. smile. She's all, you know, you can tell that she was planning that as soon as she got it. You've also yeah. got to remember, he said, okay, what I do this time? Oh, God, yeah. yes. How many times have we said that, people? Come on. Come on. Um, <laughs> today's Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also talking about our listeners out there, too. I mean, God only knows how many of them are going to be listening to this going, oh, God. Um, I have no clue how many times I said that when I was a kid. <laughs> Uh, I have no many, no idea how many more times I'll say it this week alone, but... <laughs> <laughs> very true, very true. Probably more often after this broadcast. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, next thing you know, you see, like, go show your father, go show your father, da-da-da, as he's sitting there reading the newspaper, watching the news. Okay, how in the world was this possible again? And... The thing I'm I'm a multi I can multitask rather well, but reading and li- listening to the news at the same time is not one of the things I can multitask. It, it's one of those. What you do is you're reading something, and your mind kind of processes in the background and goes, "This is something I should be paying attention to." Yeah, true. So, and Dad may not have been. Dad seems like he's more content reading. Mom probably had the TV on for herself. That's true. And it cuts over to the news story where it says for about three minutes we were almost at World War III because of a computer glitch. Yeah. And he freaks. He's He's freaking as it's going. Uh, uh, uh. And he goes upstairs. Gotta go to my my room now. Now, now. And Jennifer calls him Just because he's fo- he no because the phone starts ringing up there. Oh, it's part of what he used as his isn't excuse. That your phone, honey. And he gets up there, and she's like, "Are you listening to the news? Yeah. Do you think this has anything to do with us? Uh, yeah, I think it might. Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> and then the phone keeps ringing back again and again. Well, he and he, it's he, dial tone. Well, dial, he did, remember, he does it the first time. It's dial tone. So he's like, okay, why the hell not? Let's see what happens. Puts yeah. it onto the, onto the set, turns on his computer, and all of a sudden, boom, it's Joshua. Saying, would you like to continue the game? Or actually uh, saying, the, uh, the game has not ended. Yep. And wants to finish the game. It lasts Looks time. like you want to say something there, Shadow. hours, some odd minutes, some odd seconds. Right then and there, as soon as that was said, in my personal opinion, he should have just hung up the phone and disconnected everything. Well, that's pretty much what he did. But then again, later on, pan back to NORAD, everybody's going ape shit, trying to figure out what the fuck's going on, come to find out it was just a computer glitch. But somebody hacked in. They fi- figured it out, somebody hacked in. And 
that it came from, they localized it to <gasps> Seattle, Washington. I'm sorry, but... Well, look, for storyline, yeah, they cut a lot of ground between that and them finding him. Well, no, the thing I was wanting to make mention of is, hello, Seattle, Washington, the home of grunge rock, living in a place where it rains 93% of the year, I would be excessively depressed. Not hacking computers. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And so on this scene, he walks out and there's a guy in a suit with a wire going up to his ear. He starts walking this way. Another guy suit. He starts walking out of a Seven Eleven. Yep. Turns, starts walking another way. Van pulls in front of him, and they, you know, read him his rights and take him off to NORAD. I'm sorry, but okay, going from Seattle, Washington to NORAD, which is in the Rocky Mountains, Colorado. Come on, if this, at, with as much urgency as behind it, you don't think they couldn't have gotten him there in a couple hours. Yeah, true, true, very true. Anyway, but they're questioning him, questioning him. Next thing, and boom, back into the conference room with the general, the scientists, the uh, uh, senator kind of looking guys, and they're doing the whole, how the hell could this kid do this, da 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 He's got to be working with someone. He's got to be working with somebody. Blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, the main scientist guy, what the hell was his name? McKittrick? Yes, that's it. Dr. McKittrick. Kind of looks and says, I want to talk to this kid myself. Okay. He's in the infirmary. Pam. Guy, security, blue security suit, blue beret. Got a mustache going. Talking with the nurse, trying to, you know, schmooze his way in. No, no. This was... That wasn't yet. Well, he was trying to schmooze when the guy, when Dr. McKittrick walked up, and he said, okay, okay, gotta get serious now. <sighs> and, you know, McKittrick you know, walks in, David's there in cuffs, oh, these aren't needed, come talk with me, yeah. you know, let's go in my office, it'll be yeah. more comfortable. Smoking a cigarette, oh god, yeah, you could definitely tell this was back in the day when you could smoke damn near anywhere you wanted to! Yep. I miss those days sometimes. <laughs> But, you know, he's, who are you working with, blah, blah, blah. And something comes up, and he go, leaves his office, leaving him in front of a terminal. Okay, I'm sorry, but if I'm questioning somebody in NORAD, guess what? I'm not going to let him get anywhere near a computer. Especially not been, when he's been accused of being a computer hacker that's exactly. gotten into a military computer by a back door they didn't even know existed. Exactly. Yeah, that's the fun thing we find out. This back door was a mistake in routing of a phone number, basically. Yes, a mistake that they're blaming not only on the kid, but also on the phone company. Yeah. The kid found it, but the phone company screwed up. Screwed the pooch. Yep. Next thing you know... They gotta have somebody Exactly. But next thing you know, he's standing there watching them talk. And all of a sudden, he leans down, and as Lord Blue here put it, you just can't resist, can you? You can't resist. Nope, you definitely cannot resist. Ticket, 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 ticket. Hello, do- uh, hello, Mr. Falcon, or Dr. Falcon. Ah! Yeah. And this is the point in time where the computer lets him know that it's been searching for him. And 
he is not at his uh, registered Classif- address. His classified address. Registered no, address. No, they can't reach him at that address. Ah, oh, that's true. That's true. And then it brings up his uh, fake name as well as his real name and an address. Oh yes. I like you, retard. And the well, secretary spots him playing on this computer and goes down and grabs security. And up comes. Tolkien's character, who played Strickland, and yes, he's bald still. Just like they asked in Back to the Future 3, he's still bald. What? Did that guy ever have hair? And, you know, him and two, you know, goons, for lack of a better, drag him back to the infirmary, throw him in, lock him in, saying the FBI will be along, you know, you'll be charged with treason. Uh, No, No, espionage. Espionage, yes. Espionage? Oh, no, no, I gotta talk to Dr. Uh, whatever the fuck his name is. Joshua's still playing the game. Yada, yada, yada. And nobody's listening to him. Of course, nobody listens to him. But of course, then again, that's the U.S. military. Back in them days. Are you kidding? Even now, if you were expected of it, you know, suspected of espionage. Yeah, you'd get treated the same way. I mean, forgive me, but God only knows how many of our listeners have possibly been picked up by the FBI as possible uh, internal terrorists. Yeah. So. Yep. Alright. What's the next scene? The next scene is him managing to break his way out. And this is a, you know, he basically takes a micro recorder, connects it to the internal wiring for the number pad, and gets the guy to punch it in and records it and plays it back. Okay, this I will say right now is probably one of the impro- more improbable things. A lot of the stuff that happens in this movie is pretty probable in my eyes. This one, not so much. Yeah, it, most of those it actually dealt with actually pressing the uh, actual buttons, not the tone of the button. And that number can be decoded. Because it was just touch tones, and apparently that number is two 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 three three three. Oh my god! Back to the security thing again, guys. Now wait, wait. You're just talking about tones being played <sighs> for our benefit. Uh, true, true. So, <clears throat> and he gets out and man starts to walk down the hallway because he slides past the security guard who's schmoozing on the, the woman, nurse trying to get in her pants. And he comes, and the elevator comes and stops right where he is. And all of a sudden, he's scrambling. And door opens, he's gone. They walk by as you see the elevator maintenance door shut. And he's going through it, starts crawling crawling through these... Crawling around, crawling around. Next thing you know, he ends up back in the war room, right behind a friggin' uh, um, staircase. Yeah. And basically, through all of this, he manages to walk right out the front door, step on a bus, and get a ride right out. Why? Because there was a fucking tour group. I'm sorry, but... Now, n- the bus did say USAF. So the fact that these may have been enlisted personnel... From what I understand, they were civilians. Well, either way, you know... But still... St- uh, anyway, anyway, anyway. But ends up in some backwater Colorado town. And he calls Jennifer, I need money for a plane flight so I can get to Oregon, so I can, you know, blah, 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 blah. 
and he gets, you know, to Oregon, and she shows up too. Boo! Hi, how you doing? How the hell did you get here? Three-hour drive. <laughs> and they are off to find Faulkner, and they get to Faulkner, and the first thing you see is a freaking pterodactyl. Yes, it's a pterodactyl of about four foot wide wingspan, just yep. soaring along. And all of a sudden, damn near runs the two of them over. <laughs> Remote control glider, folks, shaped Got like a pterodactyl. And they explain to, you know, Faulkner what's going on, what the stakes are, and he starts going off about how the dinosaurs just kind of went extinct one day. Yeah. And we're going that way, too. Okay. And was it Jennifer who challenged him, saying, no, no, it was David saying, yeah. I've seen videos of you. You didn't used to be like this. What was the last thing you cared about? And all of a sudden, off in the distance. Um, sorry, but uh, the both of you seem to have missed the last ferry. Um, you're welcome to stay the night. Um, would you guys like to sleep on the floor tonight as he's walking up the stairs? And they just walk right... And David's like, screw this, let's go. We're, we've got to... No, we have to point out the part where <coughs> this guy basically says that he's within three miles of the closest nuclear target. Yeah. And so oh, when, yeah. when nuclear war ha- uh, warfare does break out... They're going to be dead instead of wandering around blind trying to figure out what the fuck happened. Just That's a microsec, just a millisecond of bright light and poof. We're vaporized. And we're going to be spared the pain of survival. And that's the part where, you know, they leave. And they're, you know, thrashing out long in the dark. And then a helicopter shows up. And David's like, that bastard, he turned us in. And then you hear Faulkner's voice over a loudspeaker saying, Get in! Get in! Get in. <laughs> Beep! Elapsed time. Nine hours, 23 minutes, some odd seconds. And now we cut to them sprinting up in an old Willie's Jeep. Yep. Why? Because all of a sudden, boom. Next thing you know, inco- inbound targets. That does it. They lock. We've got, gar- we've got guarantees here. This is all live. Go to DEFCON 1. And they lo- are locking down the mountain. And I am just wanting to know where the hell they got the military dude that was driving the, the, the Jeep. I mean, where the hell did they pick this dude up? Um, I would imagine that there is a checkpoint low yeah. on the mountain exactly. and another one higher. So you have to cut, you know, for that Trust service road, you had to go through believe two. Me, believe me when I say this, I've actually been in, not inside, inside NORAD, but I've been up on that mountain when I was a lot younger. My, I, everybody mostly knows that my dad was a long-haul truck driver, and we actually delivered some goods up there that basically we got up there they full security we were up there f- between the moment we arrived and back the trailer up to the dock to the moment we left we were up there 12 hours because that was that much goddamn security and the guy driving the gate is closed he just guns it hits it and i give the guy credit that he manages to keep it under control because a Willys has a narrow wheelbase, a short wheelbase. Those things are known and prone to flip and tip. Yep. He slams through, ends up sliding sideways slightly, runs a guardrail for probably maybe 20 feet, bending the shit out of that guardrail, hits another Jeep, and ends up turning it over somewhat kind of catty corner onto its side for the most part. Yeah. And And then they make a mad dash into the mountain right as the five-foot-thick 
metal door. I swear this thing has probably got to be 20 foot no. tall. It's a 10 foot 8 clearance inside the oh, door. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. 10 foot 8, 5 foot thick. I mean, Jesus Christ, people. And <laughs> if you know what these doors were meant for and what they do, when we heard that door shut all the way and click. It was clunk, 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 clunk. Five locking pins on every side. And we all just kind of yeah. had a, you know, shudder. <laughs> all four because of us were just kind of, oh, God. Because everybody knows in a situation like that, a door that thick, that heavy, was meant to withstand nuclear blast and nuclear radiation. And if it's closing like that, they're not expecting to open it. Anytime real soon. Yeah. And, you know what, would you say this is a pretty good place to leave a leave because yeah, this is the last 20 minutes or so and this is where it all kicks up and we really yeah but trust me when i say this people by that point hair on the back of my neck standing straight off i'm going oh god oh god oh god yeah all right final thoughts at this point um to be perfectly honest those who are too young to remember though that point in time in uh, uh u.s history so on and so forth if you want a movie that really digs you in deep and basically makes you go, oh dear God, this could actually happen even today. Watch this movie, trust me. And it also is one of the more realistic and ac- accurate depictions of hacking in a movie that's oh, ever yes. happened. Oh, yes. Any thoughts from the other two? I would say, even for those of us that are old enough to remember this movie, it's great to watch it again because there is so much you you really do not remember. Oh, yeah. And then watching it all over again. Great kick of nostalgia. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh. Watching those two, you know, watching uh, uh, Ali Sheedy and, and Matthew Broderick at that age is well, just like, oh, wow. That and also the one, going back a little bit, that one scene where they're getting, where they're doing the war game, bombing Seattle and Vegas, and they're both of them are sitting there with aluminum tab, pull tab cans. Nostalgia right there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Shadow? In all honesty, this is a movie that I would recommend to everyone. Yeah. If you like suspense and action-packed, this is the movie to see. <laughs> yeah. Now, okay, now let's hit the rating. Shadow, we'll, we'll let you go after Wolf and Nightchild so you can get an idea how we do it, but... I paid nine ninety nine for this movie. Nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Cut tax? No. Remember, we oh, don't yeah, worry right. about we don't the tax. tax. That's right. That's right. You know, this one slid under the wire to be a TBR, and we've got a couple playing folks that hit the mark dead on oh, in the yeah. future. So, let's start with Nightchild here. Out of nine dollars and ninety nine cents, what would you say the value of this movie is? Oh, I'd give it all of that plus some. I, I this is one of those movies I, I've searched for those great nostalgia movies from the eighties that I love and I've seen them online for forty or fifty dollars and you know, my budget doesn't allow for it, but I would say it's completely worth it. So worth every penny. Worth every penny and then some. Alright. Wolf um, I'm honestly gonna have to concur. Nine dollars ninety nine cents. I'd say add about three four bucks to it. <laughs> it's easily worth close to fifteen. 
<laughs> do you have an idea of how the rating's working? That, you know, we're not giving it one star out of ten or... It, you know, like that. You know, if you think that, you know, eight bucks is a fair price for this $9.99 movie, that's how you'd rate it, Shadow, but what, you know, out of nine ninety nine, how much would you say this is worth? I, w- I would definitely have to concur with Wolf. Definitely. I, I would... I would pay every cent and more for this movie. Now, I don't completely disagree, but there's just a f- few things that seem out of place about this. One, maybe it's my slight jadedness, but the fact that this movie was re-released as a 25th anniversary collection just because of War Games' The Dead Code kind of doesn't sit well with me. But I can more or less move past that. You know, the subtitles are there. Everything's pretty much there. I would have liked some a liner. Just something, you know, a little bit of art, a little, you know, maybe some computer history in there. It felt like, for me, as much as, you know, I like this movie, there's just one or two small things they could have done that would have, you know, been well worth it. So, uh, in the end... I'm just going to say 980 because it just missed the mark at, you know, 999. But I can't completely gripe either. So, all right. And as always, we'd, you know, like to thank you all for listening. Oh, yeah. You can, our website is 10buckreview.net. You can email us at 10buckreview at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter as 10buckreview. Now, something I want to bring up to the listeners, we've got some financial situations and issues going on around here, and in a couple months, we are looking at potentially losing our web hosting, and I would like to ask the listeners, if you could, and I hate doing this, but if you could help donate to keep us going for another year as we get, you know, or even to help us pay for the next couple months... We'd appreciate it. Oh hell yes! Now I, I, I may not be able to get to do this very often, but when I do, I absolutely fucking love it. And the other thing I'll say is, I don't know what we're gonna do yet, but you know, I'm sit- sitting here planning, and I'm gonna bring it up with you know everyone else that the people who you know help donate, help support us to get us through, we're gonna figure out something that as soon as we can. To help repay that kindness. Oh hell yes! You know, we'll come up with something special for the you know those people. Oh yeah. You know, and I hate to ask like this, but if it weren't for the situations as they were, you know, if situations were different, we wouldn't be oh, asking. Yeah. Now, the final thing I have to say is I have special permission from the artist to play the closing track we have. Everyone here has heard it, and the track is by a group called Dual Core. I have permission by Int80, who is the man who does the lyrics for this. And our closing track tonight is War Games. These computers give us instant access to the state of the world, troop movements, Soviet missile tests, shifting weather patterns. It all flows into this room and then into what we call the Water Computer. What is that? The War Operation Plan Response. This is uh, Mr. Richter, 
Oh, would you like to tell these gentlemen about the Whopper? <clears throat> well, the Whopper spends all its time thinking about World War III. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, plays an endless series of war games. Jet war planes, war games, war games, war games, war games. Search warrant issue, kicking down war frames. Yeah, from the start when computers had tubes. I don't mean the internet's the real vacuums. With diodes and relays to shoot for the moon. Just one system filled a whole room. Advance back then to write plenty tracks. I toppled Colossus, sacked Eniac. Back in the 50s, before they had help, my AI deceived even Turing himself. We had a conversation that made his brain numb. Where did you think the Turing test came from? NP complete? That's my problem. Natural language is trivial. Process. Roll through the years to outthink humans. Frustrated Davis. Stump Von Newman. Updated circuitry. Improved designs. Like most things in life, I got better with time. War games. War games. War games. War games. This is Y2K, man. Challenging the law games. War games. War games. War games. War games. War games. ICBMs with the distance of all range. War games. Jet war planes, war games, war games, search warrant issue, kicking down war frames. More and more systems when I'm given the time, pushing my way over ARPANET lines. Came out the military, moving commercial, pursuing consumers. Computers now personal, they put me in movies, created a buzz, but still they don't see what I'm capable of. Hackers attack, did you miss the news? Exaggerate facts till the misconstrued. Let's play a game, dial up your ass. Large fortunes made a small amounts Take a fraction of a penny out of everyone's account Fire and ashes Smoke I can cover with the upload of virus And infect the mothership War games War games This is Y2K main challenge in the law games War games War games War games ICBMs with the distance of all range War games War games Nuclear submarines fight a jet war plane War games War games Relevance of signal intelligence Looking for a flash of light In the black at night Passing by to satisfy When I'm tracking by a satellite Out of commission Pushed to its afterlife I'm the reason carnivore Lost his whole appetite Feel so unbreakable Crush those bones More dial, more files Touch tone phones Frequency bounded For how the mic sounded Improved heuristics For how 9,000 Hackers could break in And exploit the site So blast off the nukes Out of underground silos Update the bus speeds As fast as the clock goes Also, nuke war will brute force the launch codes War games War games This is Y2K Main challenge in the law games War games War games War games ICBMs with the distance of all range War games War games Nuclear submarines fight a jet war plane War games War games Search warrant issue Kicking down war frames War games
Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. For more information on the show and how to contribute your own shows, visit hackerpublicradio.org.